I am Justin Boyd. And I'm Brittany Pacheco, and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to ponder the question, what if? That was good. Yeah, that's right. We're here to break down the second season of the Marvel Cinematic Universe animated anthology series, What If? And, uh, you know, Brittany, this series dropped, they had a unique kind of uh, release schedule. They did a, a one episode a day drop from December 22nd to December 30th. So one episode a day for nine straight days over the holidays. And personally, I think that worked out really well compared to like a weekly release. Although typically I do enjoy weekly, you know, shows. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think about how the, the show is released in this, in this method? Listen, considering that we were off from our full-time jobs yeah. and it was something to watch at least every day, I was all for it. I mean, we, we got... How many episodes did we get? We got uh, nine episodes, nine. so nine days worth of content. And you know what? I, I think I think it was brilliant. I think it was quite brilliant given the holiday season, given that a lot of people were going to be off and love Marvel or should love Marvel, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I was here for it. Uh, I did get a little behind a couple couple days, but it was fine. I mean, I, because then I could binge it. In, in a day's time and they weren't extremely long episodes or anything. Yeah. So it, it works. So whether you're like yourself, who's more episodic uh, release or weekly release or a binge watcher like me, it worked out either way. So I was very happy. I, it was, it's a first for the MCU for sure. And then thinking ahead with echo, they're dropping the whole season uh, on, on the first day or premiere day. Right. Which is, very different than what the MCU usually does. So for this, given it was an animated series, short episodes during the holidays, big win for me. Yeah, the episodes were short. They were only like 30 minutes a piece. So mm-hmm. I think the longest one was like maybe 33 or 34 minutes. So it was like, and the shortest was like 31. So it was all basically the same runtime. So yeah, that was also very digestible during the holiday <laughs> break. Uh, Definitely. But uh, Brittany, what are your kind of what are your overall thoughts of the series? We're, we're going to go episode by episode. But uh, overall, what do you think of season two? Man, I, definitely a lot better than season one. I, I actually I really enjoyed season one. And I know we did not do a review for season one when it premiered. And I'm kind of wishing we did because then we can kind of compare and contrast uh, a little bit better. But I really enjoyed every single episode from this season. The season, I swear I can talk. It's still tired, y'all. But uh, there's one episode in particular that I really, really enjoyed. And I can't wait to discuss that even further. I think it's probably um, your one of your favorite episodes as well. But yeah, like I, I think every episode just got better and better. Uh, and, and the fact that you got a new episode every day was like icing on the cake. It, it just it made me want to watch it. Th- all that much more yeah no I, I agree with you um season one you're right we didn't do a review it was kind of a, a dead time for us just during that it's kind of an off period honestly um bit. i didn't hate season one but i just like and maybe if i go back and watch it i'll enjoy it more but i just thought they were kind of okay whereas i think season two was phenomenal like yes. but you know just like season one though the animation and the look of the show is incredible and the mm-hmm. voice cast is uh, is stellar, and mm-hmm. I think it really adds to the show when you have the live action actors voice their characters in the series. And but then for the ones that didn't 
you know, like Tony Stark obviously was not voiced by Robert Downey Jr. Um, you know, for those who didn't return to play those characters, the voice actors they found did a great job. And uh, yeah. it really kind of, after a while, you kind of, I, uh, at least me, I kind of forget who's, you know, it sounds like Robert Downey Jr. Who's legit, who is it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I thought it was, I thought the series was very fun. I think like around the holidays was like perfect. Of course, one of the episodes was very holiday themed. And uh, <laughs> that also worked out very well. So uh, yeah. Yeah, all in all, like very good. I think like this second season is it's not as good as the second season of Loki, but it's like close. And I, honestly, mm-hmm. like pound for pound or episode for episode, there are a couple episodes in this in this season two of What If that are maybe some of my favorite that Disney Plus has put out. Period. I mean, yeah, they, and they are honestly like this. This is a yeah. very strong finish for the MCU this year. Obviously, they had a tough time mm-hmm. at the box office. Only Guardians mm-hmm. Volume Three did well, whereas mm-hmm. Mania was a flop, and the Marvels really under under. I mean, the Marvels was a super flop. Quantum Mania underperformed. Uh, the TV shows, obviously, Secret Invasion was a mess. Yeah. Uh, Loki season two was great, and What If season two was great as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for Echo coming next week, which we're, we're also going to review uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. But. Getting back to what if, let's let's jump right in. Let's go episode by episode. The first episode. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about this episode? Do you think it was a good episode to start this season? I thought it was interesting, to say the least. Now, whether it was a great start to the season, I, I think I could go either way. I, I like how they changed the dynamic of Nebula from from the start right she she gets recruited uh to be part of the nova corps and she takes her job very seriously like she she took the oath and she's doing her job and she's trying to do it well but she still sees the corruption in in people right uh because of the threat that is ronin um nova corps had to basically shut down the planet and she's trying to do her best to protect the people and then it's you know this internal struggle where it's a double cross right and it it was interesting to say the least because we're we're seeing a different side of nebula than what we had seen when we first were introduced to her in guardians guardians of the galaxy and it was uh it, it was it was interesting to say the least for me uh not like really up there for me when it comes to uh this whole season i think it's maybe kind of towards mid to bottom but uh it, it, it was an interesting start i i did i did like the uh the fact that she donned the the fan or the wing or whatever that yondu wore and was able to to whistle and use his arrow so that was that was neat that was it was almost kind of fitting like it, it just suited her very well yeah i think the story worked really well but i i think like when you compare it to the rest of the season i think it was like to me it's kind of the weakest episode and for me to start out with that one, I'm, I'm kind of like puzzled. Like, why would you start with that one? But, um, you know, like it, they pick right up after that. But, uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not like it wasn't like again. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It just like wasn't. I, I think, I think with these, it's better to start with the big Avengers team up thing. Mm. Sorry, the sound is on my end. Um, <laughs> yeah, to me, I just that's a that's a good way to kick these things off and. Mm-hmm. For this one, it was it was the most self-contained because Nebula doesn't appear again in the season. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. 
We don't see her again. We mm-hmm. do see Korg again, but yes. we don't see the other characters who are in this in this episode ever again. So yeah, it's curious. It's curious how yeah. there's certain characters that we'll see just once, and then others you'll, right. you'll see a couple of times. So yeah, and and the whole reason for Nebula, Nebula getting this particular sort of outcome is because the big change was Ronan actually killing Thanos um, after uh, after all, like it. it right. It, the Thanos thing didn't happen. Ronan took things into his own hands and, and then now he's the threat basically. So it was interesting. It was an interesting change. Yep. The uh, voice cast included Karen Gillian returning as Nebula. Jude Law as Yon Rog. Michael Rooker briefly played Yondu in this episode. <laughs> Seth Green voiced Howard the Duck. They are just God. obsessed with serving us up Howard the Duck as, as often as they possibly can. Uh, Taika Waititi did the voice of Korg, and I think Taika Waititi like very strong as Korg. Every I mean, I think he's in he's in at least two episodes that I can think of right now. Yeah, and uh, very good as that character. And then uh, of course, you know, Glenn Close was not Nova Prime; it was a different actor. Yeah, uh, Julianne Grossman, but I thought she did a good job in sounding mm-hmm. like Glenn Close. I, I think that if I didn't know for sure, I don't know that I would have necessarily noticed it, but. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the voice cast for this episode? I mean, the fact that they they have a bunch of well knowns uh, voicing these actors. I absolutely hate Howard the Duck. I think it's I, I, I hate the fact that it's part of Marvel, yeah. and I'm like, this is like the stupidest character of life. I hated the movie, you know, when it came back, when it came out, whenever it came out. I hate I hated it then. I hate it now. Late but 80s, I think, yeah. yeah, but it's it's just one of those things that they like to kind of remind people like hey this character does exist and we're just going to drop a little easter egg of of him in in nowhere uh with you know the collector and what have you and now he's like kind of a, an established businessman if you will and yeah, aids nebula or something yeah. yeah something of that nature right but he he aids nebula in in trying to find out who murdered yondu and provides her weapons and you know things like that and it's just <laughs> So it's just so silly, especially from a damn duck. Good Lord. But anyway, uh, voice casting, voice casting. Um, I agree with you. I, I knew it wasn't Glenn Close. I'm, I'm very familiar with if I hear a voice, especially like a well-known actor, it kind of sticks to me. So I was like, OK, that clearly is not Glenn Close. But uh, I, again, I love the fact that they have a bunch of well-knowns who either come in and reprise their role or they they voice uh, a, a character in, in this universe. So it's, it's cool. It's, it's good. Um, when we talked about other episodes, uh, there's a couple of voice actors that I just like, ah, oh, this just, it's not a good match. Like I just don't like it, <laughs> but okay. it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of like the voice work, I believe a lot of this was recorded in 2021. So, mm. um, pandemic it was recorded. Yeah. It's kind of recorded whenever the first season was actually airing. So, mm. okay. That's, and there, there will be a season three. We've already, They've already released a little teaser for that. We don't know exactly when that's coming out. I assume sometime 2024, maybe late this year. But uh, let's hope. Yeah, what if is not over? So, uh, which, whereas after the first season, I would have been fine with it ending, but I I really enjoyed the second season. So, uh, what I'm glad if, we're getting more. Yeah. What, what if? if what, yeah. What if? What if never ends? That's a good what if scenario, honestly. <laughs> Moving on to the second episode. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth Earth's mightiest heroes? 
<laughs> the 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 summary line for this is when Ego and a young Peter Quill threaten Earth in 1988, Howard Stark and Peggy Carter form a team. And it is mm-hmm. it is like the Avengers of the 80s, you know, like uh it's a it's a very diverse cast of characters and uh I, I do like I do like that aspect of this episode. I really did enjoy this episode. I thought it was a big step up from the first one. Mm-hmm. What did you think about um, this episode overall? It was, it was an interesting team up of yeah. of actors or uh, Avengers, quote unquote, if you will. You you got Hank Pym, you got Peggy Carter, Howard Stark, um, Bill Foster, and it was kind of funny about him because John was watching this with me, and he's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Well, that's Lawrence Fishburne from the second Ant Man," yeah. and he's like, "Oh." Um, I love the fact that they brought back Bucky um, more as, as the winter soldier. And he's kind of on his, his mission to eliminate uh, Peter Quill and, you know, eventually we'll have a change of heart. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really well done. I I really did enjoy this episode. Um, As we all know, I'm not a huge fan of guardians. I especially did not care for guardians too, which did feature ego, but we got to see, an elaboration of ego's plan right with with the little plant thing that he uh put put on earth and that's how he was going to take over earth but peter or he's not really star lord quote unquote star, identified as star lord but he's like yeah i i i don't want to like be a part of this anymore and he he befriends a a, a young hope van dyme yep. you know um which which was interesting the walkman uh scene was really cute i love that and um it it was it was a good episode i I think it was i think it was a really strong episode yeah the uh the avengers team also included wendy lawson who was not voiced by net benning from uh the captain marvel movie right and uh you like you said bill foster aka uh Goliath and Hank Pym also was a part of the team, the original Ant Man. So um and King T'Chaka. Yeah, King can't forget Chicago. about him. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So pretty uh pretty pretty diverse group of uh characters to form. What I assume was like the first version of the Avengers, right? It's kind of I mean, obviously it's a different world than it's a, yeah. Than, it's 1988 than version of of the yeah. Avengers. In a different so. world, also. In a different so, world, yeah. Yeah. For sure. But uh yeah, pretty interesting. A um, mm-hmm. couple like Easter eggy things. Did you notice there's the part when they're in Coney Island and they're on like the that carnival kind of little area? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a game where you can win a stuffed animal, and no, all I, the I prizes. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, I didn't think I paid attention to that. Yeah, the, and like all of the prizes are different col- multicolored raccoons, and they all look like Rocket. And so <laughs> when he wins one of them, he has like Rocket tucked under his under his arm, Aww. which you know kind of foreshadows like the uh the relationship that peter quill the and Rocket have in the yeah. Guardians movies so oh i love that. I thought that was kind of a cool little easter egg thing no uh, I, I i didn't catch that at all wow yeah. good on you and you mentioned uh you mentioned about the walkman i thought that was pretty cool about how hope gives peter mm-hmm. her mom's walkman and like mm-hmm. of course like you know the walkman's so huge to peter in, in his story in, in the mcu that we know and yeah. uh you know one there was one Avenger we forgot. That's Thor. Thor appears very late, <laughs> right? And uh, he's referred to by uh, Peter as the that dude from Van Halen, which I thought was a kind of good <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
That was pretty good. That was. And there's a really good. cool scene at the end where it's like all of the superheroes together in a line, like walking super slow. Yeah. With the Avengers theme playing, I thought that was really well done. That was. That really, was. Uh, cool stuff. Um, the yeah. voice cast: uh, Michael Douglas did Hank Pym, Ant Man, Haley Atwell, Peggy Carter. We will talk much more about Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Big John's... big time role in in this uh, season. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was kind of the MVP of that character. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, Captain Carter. Of course, in this season, it's Peggy Carter, but uh, yeah. um, John Slattery turn, returned as Howard Stark. Kurt Russell played Ego. Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Lawrence Fishburne as Bill Foster slash Goliath. Sebastian Stan was Bucky slash Winter Soldier. Yep. Uh, we had King, King T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. Um, Adewade Kane. I'm not sure if that's the actor who played him in the movie. And then we had. Uh, I think that's the young version of King T'Chaka. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember Madeline... when he was in L.A.? Yeah. Okay. Then we had Madeline McGraw as Hope Van Dyne, so we did not get the actress from, uh, from the movie. Well, no, because this it's this is a, young, a, young, a younger version. Yeah, yeah just like just how like... Peter Quill was exactly. voiced by Mace Montgomery Miskell and not... Uh, not um... Oh, God, what's his name? I can't believe it. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. <laughs> it's like Chris Pratt. He voices everything else. He's Mario. <laughs> he's going to be Garfield. It's like... He can't play like a 10 year old version of Peter Quill or whatever. Like, no. I feel like, no, he if he like... did, he, he probably would try to be like Thor and still change his voice to be like, this is how I talk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then an actress named Carrie Tambazian did Marvel slash Wendy Lawson. Cause again, it was not an Ed Benny. So, uh, mm-hmm. very, I thought that was a really solid episode. I, I, again, yeah. I think this should have been the first one because it had an Avengers team up to kind of kick it off you know i i think you make a good point because it it dealt a lot with guardians or characters from guardians uh right. peter quill ego what have yeah. you uh, and then if it if the second episode had been the nebula episode then you kind of have like a little bit of a theme of you know guardians continuing right. until you get to the third episode which we'll talk about shortly but uh yeah i think that i think that makes a lot more sense than the direction that they actually released these these episodes but i mean it, I'm not mad about it but i think yeah. it probably would have been a better idea yeah and it had yeah. a happy ending uh for sure the yeah. fact that hank decides to adopt quill so that right. like he and um and hope can kind of like bond you know they both have lost their mothers in in you know various ways and they're not alone you know they can they can help each other heal or or what have you and then also the reason for this change you know is we all know from guardians one yondu comes to collect quill and is supposed to take him to ego but in guardians he did not quill grows up you know comes a ravenger what have you but yondu in this universe does uh take quill to ego so this is what would have happened <laughs> yeah slight variation but uh a little bit a little bit yeah very cool i did enjoy this episode quite a bit yeah it was good yeah so moving on to episode three this one actually aired on christmas eve which was a very good time to air this episode mm-hmm. what if happy hogan saved christmas <laughs> when avengers tower is attacked during the holiday party happy hogan must prove his hero chops so, so Brittany, I just want to say, like, this is like, this didn't end up being my favorite episode, but it's like, damn close. It's like, it, yeah, it may, maybe it is my favorite episode. Honestly, like this one is, uh, this is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's basically the the plot from Die Hard. Is what happens in this movie? <laughs> yeah, you know? it really like, is. And he goes they make to yeah. the air duct. <laughs> right. They make a lot of like diehard references, which uh, yeah. we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's. I thought this was just a fun episode, fun yeah. Christmas episode. There's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of Easter eggy stuff, a lot of funny quips that we'll get to here in a second. But what was yeah. your thoughts overall about this episode? I I nearly lost it with the return of Justin Hammer. Like, yeah. good golly. Oh, the fact that Sam Rockwell actually came back to reprise his role and just be as ridiculous as he was in Iron Man 2. And it, it was fun. It, it was definitely fun. Um, the ending was was fantastic for sure. But um, this this was this was definitely a nice lead up to to Christmas. Um, and I love that it was it was happy centric. Right. Avengers uh, yeah. are having a holiday party and he's, you know, kind of in charge of it and everything goes wrong <laughs> so it was yeah. it was good i i really i really liked it yeah justin hammer uh you know and some henchmen break into the break into the, the tower and try to take over tony's technology yeah. and they get a sample of bruce banner's bruce banner's blood um mm-hmm. trying to create a hulk of their own and then of course happy happy actually becomes a hulk himself which they didn't i mean Hammer did call him Hulk Hogan, which I thought was funny because uh, that was know, funny. Uh, it's very apropos, but uh, it is. No, it's a funny episode. Uh, Darcy returns in this episode. She's she's great in this one. Cat uh, Dennings just kind of having a good time. Is Love she mentions that you know a lot, one of my favorite parts of this episode was how she talks about how she's always an intern. Like she's <laughs> always been an intern. Like every all these places she's interned, and I like how Maria Hill turns to her. And she's like, "Have you ever like?" got paid for a job have you ever had an actual paying job she's like nope no nope. <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know it just that was really funny um again the die hard stuff i love how when uh you know ha- you know whenever hammer and his crew break in mm-hmm. and happy's like you know he's in the he's in the air duct and he's trying to get his way you know through the vent trying to get um through the tower to you know to you know try to obviously play the hero and try to get a hold of the avengers or whatever he gets all the darcy and he's explained to her it's like die hard you know yeah he explains it to her and she's like she's like what is this is it is it con air is it under siege and then he's like <laughs> hey john mcclain focus and then, and then she's great. like are you, are you asking me to be your reginald 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 vel johnson which yep. that was an actor in the movie who yep. also famously played the dad on family matters so uh yeah and uh she's like <laughs> happy's like reginald vel johnson he's like that's what you remember from that movie <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was all. That was great stuff. Uh, yeah, the banter just, between the yeah. two is is just it's so good, and I like yeah. the fact that they they're making fun or poking fun rather at, at these movies. And uh, goes to show people, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. No, def- <laughs> definitely is. Uh, definitely. Looking at you, Nick, all the way in the UK. <laughs> uh, but you know, so so Darcy's like singing a lot, which I think is great. She actually has like a an audio kind of mid credit where she's like just singing during the singing. credits. Yeah. Which just kind of a silly song, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Justin hammer of course is dancing because Sam Rockwell, he has to dance in every movie he's in. So he's like, even in animated, you know, even animation, he, he's got to keep dancing. I thought that was, That's that so was silly. great. Um, yeah. He, whenever he first breaks in, he, he refers to himself as Tony Stark's greatest adversary. And Maria Hill has a great line. She's like Tony Stark's greatest adversary. What are your wealth tax? <laughs> I thought that was great. 
Um, so good. Another funny line is when Happy's calling the Avengers, he's trying to like get some help and he calls Tony and Tony's like playing Santa. It's some, like a mall or something. Yeah, it's and, like some sort of charity. Yeah, some charity he, event. Yeah. And, uh, and Cap is one of his elves. And uh, Happy's like, hey, we've got we've got an issue here. We're in trouble here. And Tony's like, hey, there's trouble here, too. Soccer moms are cornering Cap. <laughs> I thought that was great. It was. Um, yeah, just really, really funny stuff. Just a fun, like, holiday, you know, Avengers-themed episode. You have some great action. You got Hammer getting the Hulkbuster suit. You know, <laughs> Happy accidentally injects himself with the, the banner serum. So he becomes the freak. Yeah. which uh that that's a you know that's a kind of a funny name for uh for happy hogan i, I felt mm. like hulk hogan's right right there but I probably oh, like, there's some like there's probably some like uh you know copyright legal legal stuff that they can't get into <laughs> yeah i mean i mean probably. hulk was around before hulk hogan, so yeah so i think that that's yeah. just kind of a, a big mess but uh but it worked yeah. out so perfectly for for that line to be said i mean you know yeah. you got you got a hulk and then you got someone named last name hogan yeah it's it's just yeah. meshes beautifully together of course yeah it, it was funny to see or hear happy but then you're looking at a purple version of the hulk and yeah. it's like what the hell and i the the surprising point for me was when it looked like that justin hammer was about to be demolished right and he gets thrown out the window or he gets kicked out of the window. I can't remember exactly what happened, but, but happy goes after him and saves him because it's going to be quite the fall, you know, uh, die hard anyone. And, uh, <laughs> but happy goes and saves Justin. He's all like, well, you know why he goes, it's Christmas, you know, yeah, goodwill towards men, even, even you, you know, yeah. the bad, the bad guy. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Oh, well that's nice. But also let him die <laughs> i don't know <laughs> just saying just saying. yeah because there's a difference in like you know killing him and not saving him right if you've, you've seen batman begins that's that's a big plot <laughs> it's, like, it's like you know I, yeah i'm not gonna kill you but i don't have to save you so that's, <laughs> exactly that's cool. um but uh no did you notice um here's a kind of an easter egg thing did you notice what bruce banner's um his his sweater, his Christmas sweater, what it said. Oh, um, I did notice it then, but I can't <laughs> recall it off the top of my head right now. It said chemistry. Like a chemistry, like it's a Beautiful. it's like an ugly Christmas sweater. That yeah. was pretty good. That, that, that was that, that's funny. <laughs> that was well done. That's funny. Thor shows up at the end in a uh, Santa late. hat. Yep, late again. He's like, Oh, I missed the party. Yep, in a hat. Um, I did like the gag about how um Iron Man's toys are so popular they're sold out, but Hawkeye's toys are like overstocked and they're like fifty percent off at the, at the <laughs> store. Yeah, that's so bad. Kind of, kind of taking a shot about how Hawkeye is like the least, you know, least beloved uh, Avenger. Avenger. So, yeah. Uh, yeah really, and then we really get to see stuff. we got to see Natasha Romanoff, I guess, as like a sugar plum fairy because she's you know oh, yeah. trying to take out someone during a ballet. And, you know, she's one of the ones that Happy tried to call. And she's like, yeah, not right now. I'm kind of in the middle of something. Um, so the, it's it's kind of a nod for two things. One, Sugar Plum Fairy, Nutcracker, Christmas time. And then two, her having been raised in the Red Room and they've also do ballet. And uh, it's, it's also like a John Wick kind of situation, too. Um, 
you're an assassin, apparently you have to dance ballet. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's right, because the John Wick spinoff ballerina comes out this year. It does. And uh, to Armas. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, good, good, uh, good connection there. Um, let's talk about the voice cast. So John Favreau plays Happy Hogan slash the freak. Kat Dennings, as I mentioned, is back as Darcy Lewis. Colby Smolders is Maria Hill, I, I guess, for the final time, because as we know, she died in so Secret Invasion. And it was such a wait, like such a like a nothing death because you didn't even yeah. know if she's really dead. Anyway, she's alive. On. And what if it doesn't matter? Yeah, there you go. As you mentioned, Sam Rockwell is back as Justin Hammer. Yeah. And I think he's going to return in that Armor Wars movie. I've heard something. If, if that actually even happens, because originally it was going to be a series, and they said it was mm -hmm. a movie, and now, like, there's no real clear idea when that movie might come. So we'll mm. we'll see. But hopefully, I think that would make sense. I mean, obviously, he's still he's still alive in the MCU. It'd be good to see him come back. And Sam yeah, Rockwell is just a very entertaining actor. So yeah, because he he did give that kind of lasting threat to Pepper at the end of. Uh... Iron Man 2 that he he was like oh, I'm gonna see you I'm gonna see you real soon it's <laughs> been a while my my wow. guy so <laughs> yeah been a few just years since Iron Man been a few years yeah, yeah just yeah. you know 14, just a lot you know? it's 14 just... but we're not counting we're not counting but it's 14 <laughs> um uh -huh. so uh yeah so continuing on with the cast Chris Hemsworth was Thor once again Mark mm -hmm. Ruffalo is Bruce Banner Jeremy Renner does Clint Barton slash Hawkeye Mick Wingert is Tony Stark. He slash Iron Man. He also voiced uh, Tony in season one. And I think he's done it before other other uh, animated stuff, uh, other animated uh, projects. So uh, it's a very convincing. A yeah, it's very yeah. convincing. It really honestly is. And and the same goes for the voice actor for uh, Cap, Cap or Steve Rogers. Yep. Cap is uh, voiced by Josh Keaton, who did a did a Spider-Man series in the past. So mm. he he's done a couple different uh, superhero characters, but yeah, he did uh, Captain America in uh, season one as well. So Steve yeah. Rogers, so yeah. very cool. Yeah. Uh, Lake Bell is uh, Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow. Uh, Brittany, what did you think about this uh, voice actor's portrayal of the character? Yeah, that's this is the one. This is the one voice actor that I, I I'm like ah, it's just I I wish it she sounded more like ScarJo, but you know, you can't have it all right. You obviously just, you can't perf perfectly imitate yeah. someone else's voice. Right. Uh, people come very, very close, but I mean, she does have that kind of lower register and, and speaks in the, in the same pace as Natasha Romanoff, which is fine. Um, but I can distinctly tell the difference between ScarJo and, and Lake Bell. So, uh, you know, she, she was in season one. She's obviously in season two. She's, very familiar with the MCU as she's done. Uh, she was was in Wakanda Forever as the doctor on the uh, research ship. So uh, I think it's great that they obviously will utilize a voice actor and give her like a live action role to play, um, which is really cool. I'm I'm just I just I'm not wowed by her being yeah. Natasha Romanoff is all, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think the, the only issue I have with Lake Bell is that she is uh, Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn show. And Poison <laughs> Ivy's, you know, the second most important character in that show behind uh, Harley Quinn. Mm. Um, and so that voice is just such Lake Bell just sounds like Poison Ivy. 
because she is poison ivy. Uh-huh. So her voice in this is the same, and it she kind of like talks the same as as a uh, as poison ivy as she does Natasha. So mm-hmm. every time she would talk, I'm like, oh, poison ivy, but it's not. So it's not, yeah. And yeah, I think you pointed out that they're both redheaded, so it's kind of funny how like both characters, poison ivy and Natasha, are redheads, and the characters are redheaded. Yeah, like the actress not. is not <laughs> right. But uh, I thought she did a good job. I just it's just she's so distinctive for me as another character, another animated character that is that. Sure. It's kind of it's it's easy to get like oh she's she's playing a different character but yeah uh, yeah yeah so yeah I mean, she, episode she three is well. very strong she does it well I, I I mean she she plays the part well uh, I I can't imagine voice acting being very easy I still feel like you have to like deliver even though you're not on screen so yep. bravo to Lake Bell and everyone else who takes part in these animated series uh, I just I I, I would just I like a little bit more ScarJo. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So moving on, episode four. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? <laughs> Tony Stark challenges the Grandmaster, leading to a Grand Prix turned dem- demolition derby death match. So, uh, so Brittany, let's get into this one. What did you think about um, the fourth episode of season two? I thought I was watching like Mario Kart or something. It was yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, this is it. It was fun. It was it was interesting to see the turn of events of of the end of Marvel's The Avengers. You know, when Tony is supposed to take the nuke up into space, and then you yeah. see him fall. He makes it back to Earth and what have you. But in this in this uh, universe, he doesn't make it back to Earth. Instead, he gets sucked up to end up on Sakaar, which uh, we. <laughs> We find him with the Grandmaster, played by Jeff uh, Jeff Goldblum, which is <laughs> fantastic. I I love him in that role. It's just so it's so wacky, but it, he just does a great job with it. And I, it it was a fun episode. I liked how um, I liked how Tony is still able to you know build and be a mechanic, if you will, to build his car uh, to to race and you know of course grandmaster cheats at everything but i i like the the fact that he was there with uh valkyrie with korg um i feel like i'm forgetting someone else um help me out here justin but no, yeah, I, it, yeah no it's Korg it was mainly them yeah. yeah oh and gamora of course gamora yeah and and seeing that gamora is very like into whatever thanos is doing and thanos wants tony so that's her whole reason to be on Sakar. Um, but then turn of events, Tony's kind of able to, to talk her down. And, uh, it was a little surprised. I was a little surprised at the very end of, of this episode because she arrests or takes Tony to, to Thanos and then surprise. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to kill you. <laughs> well, in this yeah, universe, I- like you said, this universe is the end of Avengers, but what if Tony doesn't come back and, mm-hmm. Tony, as he's stuck on Sakaar, he doesn't know about Thanos because you remember in the first yes. Avengers movie, we don't we don't see Thanos until the post credit scene or the mid credit scene, right? Yeah. So you know he took out the Chitari, but he didn't know who was in, who was in charge of the, the Chitari. So right, um, that's why Thanos has uh, sent Gamora to you know take out Tony because Tony right. obviously dismantled uh, the army. The Chitari, so, yeah. So that's that's the the premise of the story, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this this was a fun one. 
I mean, there, there are lots of, there's lots of really cool moments in this, in this episode. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. gray master, he, he calls, he calls Tony, uh, Mr. Metal Mojo man. That's his <laughs> name for him. And, uh, before hey. one of the, go ahead. I was just say, yeah, he tries on the different, different names and, and yeah. Tony's like, nope, nope, still, nope, not like the Iron Man, like just, but hearing, hearing that kind of banter between the two, I started hearing RDJ a little bit more in my head than, than the actual voice actor. I was like, oh, this is, this is really convincing. This is pretty good. Just those little bits of how RDJ would, would respond as, as Tony. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, there's a lot of great Tony stuff in this. I, I really enjoyed the, he makes a reference to Demon in a Bottle. Mm-hmm. As Valkyrie's offering him some some alcohol. And Demon in the Bottle is like a very famous Iron Man comic yep. storyline. So yep. uh, one that Marvel considered doing, but then kind of backed out of because in, the, in that storyline, Tony Stark is an alcoholic. And so they yeah. kind of s- tried to steer clear of that, but uh, or they kind of tried to step around it. So I thought it was cool to get that kind of Easter egg of like him saying demon in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed the scene where he's building his new suit and you have the Iron Man theme playing while he's putting yeah. it together. But that was really yeah. cool. The, the use of music throughout these episodes was, I think, phenomenal. Really, like, yeah, for they sure. really nailed it when they need to play the Avengers theme, whether it be like very triumphant or very low key or mm-hmm. you know, playing something from Captain America or playing something from Iron Man. Yeah, they did a really good job of like mixing in the music in the right moments. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really enjoyed that. I thought Tony, you know, created a really cool car that then transformed, you know, his suit transforms into a car, which I thought mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, very, very much on brand Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah, very, very much so. Because I think the race, with the racing, they were called like chariots. And when Tony's right. made to race the the Grandmaster in order to, the bargain is, you know, if you if you lose to me, then I, I get to go free, basically. And the grandmaster actually gives him like a chariot. So it's like, oh, like this was, this is real. This is the real chariot, um, which, which was really funny to me. Um, but can we also talk about the guard that, that Topaz? serves? Huh? Topaz? Topaz. Yeah. yeah. Like so still just as deadpan as ever, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> like in the movie. So I was like, oh, wow. Like they gave her a role, like, I think maybe even a bigger role in the animation compared to compared to her actual role in the movie. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, she, she can't definitely em- got she can't emote. <laughs> yeah, she definitely got some like funny moments because of the deadpan the way yeah. she plays it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good Still stuff. using that weapon to you know like melt everything yeah. and looking the grandmaster. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm melting. I'm melting. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. Just, just protect him at all costs, people. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, Korg is trying to convince Tony to stick around. And then they have this funny exchange where he's like, "He's like, I got to go home. Pepper's waiting for me." And Korg's like, "I'm more of a salt man myself." I laughed. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard. That was pretty funny. Like that was just that like was silly, funny. like yeah, you know, Taika Waititi kind of thing to say. So uh, very on brand. Yeah. Very and the ending ground. is very cool because you know Tony then uh, you know teams up with Gamora to take out Thanos, and um, obviously it yeah. would have been a different uh, universe had had Tony taken out uh, Thanos in this you know the movie following oh. <laughs> Avengers. It would have you know 
financially yeah. i don't think it would have worked out as well for for marvel and disney but uh yeah very kind of cool what if scenario uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed oh. it quite a bit although it's not really determined if he does go back to earth you know because that i would imagine by that point it's kind of like oh he's dead because he didn't make it back so but it was interesting i think was it in in this episode when you see that kind of wraparound shot of of the avengers it's of course not the avengers that we know from marvel uh marvel the avengers it it has supreme strange in in the in the lineup right was this you know episode? what i'm talking i don't think it was this episode well one of the episodes but i want to say yeah but it, it still would have been fitting it's it, it would have been that time in in new york where with the chitar yeah so. yeah no there is an episode later on where it's like captain carter and the wasp are in it instead of like hulk and and uh, right. yeah, so Captain yeah. America and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that one shortly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This episode did have a mid credit, very brief little mid credit jokey thing where Topaz mm-hmm. is, is being asked to speak for, for Grandmaster to sponge. He wants Topaz to sponge him up because uh, he's he's melted. So, uh, so very, very silly. Yeah. Uh, the voice cast was once again, Mick Winger as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. As you mentioned, Jeff Goldblum as the gold as the Grandmaster. Tessa mm-hmm. Thompson's Valkyrie. Although, honestly, like if you told me it was somebody else, I would have believed you because it wasn't very distinctively Tessa Thompson, in my opinion. What, yes. what do you think about that? No, I, I agree with you a hundred percent about that because it just seemed like the accent wasn't quite yeah. there. And and there's another episode where it's the voice it, like it's voiced by the actual actress for a character but again i'm like is that who i think it is or is that somebody else it's it's kind of weird how um this has happened with this season uh of, of established uh, mcu characters but yeah um i, I it's like okay I, I think it's tessa but i wasn't 100 sure so i had to go check and i'm like oh okay but why doesn't it sound like her <laughs> you know yeah, the same thing happened in season one with me with one of the episodes with with sebastian stan as bucky barnes really it didn't sound like didn't sound like sebastian stan to me and honestly like hmm. even in this season like he's in a couple episodes we're gonna talk about in the future you know yes. coming up very shortly one of them honestly didn't really sound like him to me also hmm. so but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Interesting. Uh, back to the voice cast for this episode. As I mentioned, Taika Waititi is Korg. Rachel House voices Topaz. Josh Brolin is Thanos, very briefly. Yep. And so for Gamora, they did not have Zoe Saldana. They had an actress named Cynthia McWilliams. So mm-hmm. I thought Gamora was, I, I mean, it didn't really sound like Zoe Saldana, but it like. No. No. I, I don't know. I, I It was very much passable. It was. Like I, yeah. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fine. It, it, how I feel, what I've already talked about with Lake Bell as as uh, Natasha Romanoff is kind of the same way I feel about this adaptation of of Gamora. So it's it serves its purpose, but I, I want it I want it to sound more <laughs> like like the actual actual actor, you know. It's, but you, you can't have it all. We want it all, though. Um, Everything. What if we could have it all? <laughs> separate what if episode <laughs> that's something else first to review let's pop <laughs> the brakes we're at the halfway point now episode five what if captain carter fought the hydra stomper captain captain carter's mission to save steve rogers sets her on a collision course with new enemies this is another one of my favorites the captain hmm. carter stuff is really strong to in my opinion um 
What'd you think about this episode? Yeah, I like the team up between her and and Natasha Romanoff. I think yeah. they would have had a great like dynamic duo sort of situation. Um, you know, you can liken that, of course, to Captain America and Natasha uh, when they had a team up in in uh, what was it, Winter Soldier. So um, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed uh, their their banter for one another. Um, but it was a uh, this this episode was, eh, you know, really, was, eh, eh, yeah. Um, I I liked. I don't know how I f- truly feel about the whole like Captain Rogers or uh, Captain Rogers, uh, Steve Rogers being like in the what do you what, what was the suit? Uh, the suit? Yeah, I don't know. That was just such a weird idea. Well, because remember, um, it's it's the skinny Steve. It's not. Yeah, I know. And I and I I think because I'm so partial, obviously, and so used to seeing Captain America's or Steve Rogers yeah. as Captain America, I was like, oh, this is really weird, and it, it makes sense for Peggy to still like love him because that's when she fell in love with him right. was before he took the super serum and, and what have you. But um I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this episode came up maybe a little short for me. Mm-hmm. Um It's hard for me to actually pinpoint why, but the end of this episode shocked the mess out of me um, because I wasn't expecting the, yeah. the ending to be what it was. Um It was interesting to see that Bucky was, um, secretary mr secretary State, yeah yeah i was like oh okay well he aged up and he's you know robert redford at this point <laughs> um and he is also kind of like challenging steve in a way he's like no you're not gonna hurt me because you know we're friends it's like he's brainwashed he doesn't know that but you know the the juxtaposition to that of like bucky being winter soldier right. in, in a different universe it's kind of it's just kind of interesting yeah, I think it's interesting how this episode starts out where the Watcher, voiced by Jeffrey Wright, who he plays the Watcher in every episode. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, he says, I don't do sequels, but it is apropos that, like, if you remember back in season one of What If, the very first episode was about Captain Carter and about how mm-hmm. it's very similar to the Captain America First Avenger, only if Peggy became Captain America or became Captain Carter and Steve didn't, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, if you notice the way the story plays out in this in this episode, it's very much very similar to Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're on the Lumerian Star, the ship that mm-hmm. they they're on. You know, they're in uh in um the movie. You've got Natasha's in in, in this episode, just like she's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the scene where you know Natasha's running, and then uh, <coughs> Captain Carter drives to pick her up, which is obviously in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Steve is lapping uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, he's saying on your left. Yeah, every time he yeah. every time he laps him, and then like yep. he, she picks him up in the car. So there's a lot of nods to that. And then, like you said, Bucky, an aged Bucky, is like very much in the role that uh, mm-hmm. Robert Redford played in the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, a lot of ties to that. To that very movie. much so. Yeah, and I think it's in this episode where we see like the Battle of New York. That's where we kind of get that panning of of the you know quote unquote twenty twelve Avengers. Yeah. Um. So you don't have the Hulk like you mentioned earlier, and right. instead you have the Wasp, which uh, would mean that uh, Hank would have actually trained his daughter to be like 
his successor, right? As, or his wife's successor as, as the wasp, right? Um, but this is also where you see, like I mentioned, Supreme, Supreme Strange, um, which will have a, a very interesting role to play in, in coming episodes. So yeah, it, it was it was really interesting. Um, but then also with like having Steve being kept alive in the suit. Yeah. Um, that was actually like really I don't know, that that just hurt me so, you know, <laughs> because you know how he is in a different universe. And I was just like, oh, like if he gets out of the suit, he's going to die. But he's also brainwashed by <laughs> the Russians. And um, that's 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 sad. It's just very sad to, to see. But we also get the return of uh, Rachel Weiss, who who played Melina, um, as we saw in Black Widow. But she kind of. um I don't remember Black Widow very well. Um, was she a bad person in Black Widow? I don't think she was. Um, well, that's or was she? Question. Well, <laughs> she plays like the surrogate mother of... of uh, right, but not to the extent of what we saw in, in this episode. No, what if, no, yeah. No, I don't think she was a villain to that level, no. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that was that was interesting to have uh, Rachel Weisz come back and, and reprise her role, albeit it was, you know, very brief. Um, but yeah, a lot of... Um, it just i don't know it just fell a little short for me i'm not I, I, it's hard for me to kind of like pinpoint why um i think the other other episodes from the season just rank a little bit higher yeah i did notice a couple of really cool moments in this episode there's a part where peggy is talking to uh talking to natasha about you know about steve because she she was surprised whenever he came back, you know, as a hydra stomper because she thought he was gone. Mm-hmm. He was long gone. And and then um, you know, they're talking about it, and she's like, you know, best case scenario, he ends up stuck in some prison frozen in carbonite, which is like a nod to Han Solo, I guess. Star like Wars. yeah, yeah, it is. I thought that was kind of strange. Um <laughs> I thought the the like the American town that was built by the KGB is kind of freaky. Like I like, get that might be something like they really do. I'm not sure. It uh, might be a real thing. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> well, that, I, that's the stage for the, the big battle in this movie. Or in this well, episode. Going back to your point about Peggy, you know, making the the comment about or like the nod towards Star Wars without saying Star Wars, which I think they could have because it's a Disney property now. So it's like, yeah, why oh, yeah. not? But anyway, uh, it, it kind of shows the difference between her adjusting to the 21st century as opposed to Steve, who had a difficult time you know adjusting yeah. um he kept that little little book of the things that he you know needs to catch up with and and she's very peggy's just very like well versed w- with being in the 21st century so it's 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 interesting it's interesting to see the difference between the two yeah and she definitely knows her movies because later on in another episode she references gremlins jurassic park and something else <laughs> i can't remember what it is but yeah she uh she knows her stuff so mm-hmm. she had time to Check out some cinema. She um, did. I did enjoy. There's a part when when Peggy and Steve are talking in the uh, the fake American town the KGB built, and uh, while they're like chatting in this like kind of like golden hour scenario when the sun's coming down or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the music from Endgame their dance scene is playing. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty. Cool. That was well done. Um, I thought it was kind of funny how, you know, Melina, who is the big bad in the episode, she, whenever she meets up with them in this town, she's like, even little girls here want to be Captain Carter. They saw your movie. And Peggy's like, there's a movie about me. And then 
Josh is like, yeah, they made it a musical, which is kind of like a joke to Rogers the musical. Rogers the musical, yeah. yeah. Thought that was yeah. a pretty funny line. It was um, funny. I did. I did like Melina's line about uh, encountering Captain Peggy Carter or Margaret Carter, as I, I think she called her, and she's like, yeah, Margaret, yeah. she's like, I don't know whether to kiss you, kill you, or dissect you. It's just right. like, um, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of a strange like, just strange greeting. <laughs> strange line, yeah, um, yeah. The the ending of this episode kind of left me a little confused because. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve is under mind control, but you know, Peggy kind of convinces him to you know break free, and so mm-hmm. he um, he sacrifices himself and he flies up and destroys like the Red Room ship, and yeah. Natasha, you know, basically ties Molina onto his leg as he's you know flying in the mm-hmm. air, and we're led to believe that she dies, and I'm like, well, did Steve die? Because then at the end of the episode, you know, Peggy's hell bent on trying to find steve and i'm like didn't he just die in front of us like um, denial is a very real thing for people (laughs) so i mean it's tough it's tough even the watcher jumps in he's like you know not exactly a happy ending but this is this this isn't the end of her story yeah then we see that you know she's gonna go try to find steve she believes he's still out there somewhere and i yeah. would say well if he is somewhere he's probably up in the sky falling in pieces or whatever Thanks. but um but maybe maybe he survived somehow he's in a super suit so we we don't know but um you know nat decides to go with her mm-hmm. and then we get the watcher and he's like going through his his monologue of <laughs> i am the watcher i see all i observe all i know what the hell is this and then <laughs> you know uh, captain carter is like suddenly like uh the portal opens. Yeah. And we a see red portal. Uh, red portal. We see um Merlin uh Maximoff, right? Wanda Merlin Maximoff. Wanda, yeah, Wanda sure. Merlin Maximoff, yes. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Renaissance themed uh universe. Uh pulls Nick pulls Nick Fury. Carter and Nick Fury, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the ending of this episode? That's what surprised the hell out of me. I was just like, um, why is Nick Fury speaking as if he's performing Shakespeare? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is happening here? And it's a it's something about, oh, this this is the one that will will save us all or something like that. And hearing just hearing Lizzie Olsen, because that that much I knew it was it was gonna be Lizzie uh, Olsen portraying Wanda Maximoff. I was like, oh, like where is this is this the next episode and it wasn't so yeah it it left me confused but i was like oh this is this is going to go somewhere like there's no way that they're going to drop this at the end of an episode and then like not complete the thought yeah if if they were going to make us wait until season three i was going to be furious but no it 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 does play out yeah no again i thought it was a good episode the voice cast as you mentioned uh elizabeth olsen was Wanda Merlin. Um, Samuel L. Jackson was Nick Fury. Haley Atwell, once again, was Peggy Carter slash Captain Carter. Lake Bell was Natasha Romanoff. Frank Grillo was Brock Rumlow, briefly. Josh okay. Keaton, once again, was uh, Steve Rogers slash the Hydra Stomper. Sebastian Stan was Bucky Barnes. Rachel Weiss was Melina. And yeah, that's the cast. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed the Captain yeah. Carter stuff. I think it's cool. I think it's a really cool uh, take on, you know, a cool spin on the Captain America 
you know, storyline and like mm-hmm. kind of turn it on its head or flip it or reverse it or whatever. I think it's uh <laughs> okay, Miss yeah. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I wouldn't mean to do that, but uh <laughs> you know, we've been talking on this podcast a lot the last couple of days, so I'm <laughs> not delirious, but I'm uh yeah. So moving uh, on to episode six. What if Cohorty reshaped the world? A Mohawk woman ventures into the waters of the Forbidden Lake to help save her people. Now, Brittany, when I first saw the title of this episode, I was like, who is Cohorty? Mm-hmm. When I first read it, I was like, who's Cohori? Because it's spelled K-A-H-H-O-R-I. Mm-hmm. Pronounced, however, Cohorty. Like if it mm-hmm. had like a T or a D in it. Mm-hmm. Um we find out that this is a new superhero that was created just for the show. So this yep. superhero makes her debut in this yep. episode. Um, now, uh, this episode has two different versions. There's a Mohawk Nation version yep. or an English version. Now, yep. luckily, I stumbled upon the English version and watched that. While <laughs> you watched the other version, I the did. Mohawk Nation version, what was it like watching that version of this episode? Given that this was a character no one's familiar with, because as you said, it, it is brand yeah. it's brand new and original MCU character uh, for the series. Um, I, it was interesting to say the least. Uh, subtitles, you know, I'm I'm mostly used to subtitles at this point. You know, we're getting older. I don't hear as well anymore. <laughs> uh, I also don't like to have my volume super high at this yeah. point. So having to read the subtitles because you obviously could not understand the language being spoken, which is that of Mohawk, uh, still a a nation that is in existence, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because I researched the voice actress uh, is, is Mohawk and she is from Canada where the, the, the tribe, I, I guess still exists or the territory still exists. And to have someone who is, Native American who could speak in that dialect, it it was fascinating because that's not a typical language you you hear every day. You know, they, it also dealt with uh, Spaniards because it, it's supposed to be like the colonization of of America, but it was pretty much unsuccessful at this point. So, um, listening to the Spanish, it's like okay, well, Spain Spanish is different than the Spanish spoken in Mexico. But I still can follow that. You know, I don't really need subtitles for that. But listening to a dialect that I know nothing about, it, it truly was fascinating because it it's like, how how do you form those words? Like even the name Kahori, is, it, it's spelled one way, but it's pronounced a little different. Yeah. But it was cool. It was it was cool. I was a little... I was a little annoyed at at the end when you told me you're like, oh yeah, I was just looking at extras, and then I found the English version, and it's like, well, what? Like, there's an English version, and then you yeah. you realize, oh, that's because it's in a completely different dialect, yeah. uh, for the version that's that's out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I might have to go back and rewatch it in the English version just to just to say I've watched both versions. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it in both. I'm glad I watched the English version first because I, that way I kind of got the story told to me without having to read everything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting episode. Um, basically, the Tesseract crash lands in a lake in pre-colonial America, and it mm-hmm. gives the lake, you know, magical p- powers or properties. And 
Cohorty trying to, you know, she's trying to escape these uh, these conquistadors. She ends up in the water, in the lake, and it imbues her with magical powers. And her powers, I mean, she she runs like the Flash. What other power does she? She's like she is. I mean, she's very powerful to be honest. But I wasn't totally clear. Like she can create portals and save people, and she can run really fast. Um, and that honestly, that's an I'd, I'd take both powers right now if I could. But uh, <laughs> but what else did you get out of seeing like visually like her powers? What did you think that they? How would you describe her powers? I guess. I mean, she's she's able to use it in a way it's a little bit like miss marvel you know she's able to manipulate um oh god um um light to a degree right and but but miss marvel can solidify light to where she can create platforms as she's you know kind of walking cohorty can kind of manipulate everything around her to a degree um because we we witnessed her jumping very high up into a tree because she's trying to get back to her, her home right on the other side of the portal that she entered from. And so she's, she's like levitating these, these sticks branches and trying to make like stairs to climb across. So like, she's able to, to manipulate matter to a certain degree. Um, but she, she seemed like you said, she's very fast. Uh, she seems to be very strong. She can kind of like force, stop things like when those animals were like running and and they're trying to uh i guess take the fruit off off those animals i I wish i could explain this a little bit better but i can't but she because she's running so fast she has to like stop herself but she stops herself in front of this animal that's about to you know ram right through her and she kind of like throws her hands up and kind of like uses the force to knock over yeah. this this animal so she she's powerful she's incredibly powerful uh you know when you wield the the powers of the tesseract um you got some skills <laughs> that you do um yeah so the the actress who who voices Cahorty is named devry jacobs and uh she's actually going to be in in echo but as a different mm-hmm. character so Echo is coming up very shortly, so that's kind of interesting that you know this person makes mm-hmm. their MCU debut, and then like in a voice with a brand new character. Now they have another new character in Echo. So uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting the way that it turned out. Um, the voice cast includes uh, Clancy Brown. He plays Satur from a uh, from Ragnarok because that, that's how the episode starts. Is Satur destroys Ra- uh, Asgard during Ragnarok, and that's how the yep. Tesseract ends up in a, in pre-colonial America. Right. So uh, he voiced that character. We also get get Jeff Bergman as Odin. We don't get um, Sir Anthony Hopkins. So uh, sadly, we do not. That was a very distinct not. difference. Yeah. <laughs> but there's the another char- yeah, but there's another character who does appear, and it is the famous actor who plays him at the very end of this episode. Yep. You want to talk about Doctor Strange? Of course I do. So uh, b- before we talk about Doctor Strange, I just have to, you know, so this, as you mentioned, pre-colonial pre-colonial America, the conquistadors from Spain come over. They're trying to find uh, La Vida de Agua, which is, you know, the fountain of youth. And uh, they believe that the lake that Cohorty, you know, has, has fallen through is said fountain of youth. Um, and, and some of the conquistadors or soldiers do fall through. Um, they kind of get their ass handed to them by, by the ancestors who have that power and they know how to wield that power, which is kind of funny. Um, 
But in order to to come and save her homeland, Cahorty does come back to to uh, pre-colonial America and her ancestors follow and they they obliterate the, the Spaniards. And then they're able to portal to Spain where uh, Queen Isabella of Spain is pretty much saying like, who took who took my land from me and who could have done this? Enter Cordy and company who um, in the version that I was watching, Cordy can now speak Spanish and she's conversing with the queen and basically talking about like, yeah, you're not taking anything from us. And, you know, what we want is peace, you know, let us help you, you know, kind of situation and then enter Supreme Strange. Yep. Very brief cameo, but uh, he he delivers the line, um, I believe, of world peace in record time. I'm sure that'll last. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Strange Supreme was a big character in season one yeah. of What If. So, uh, yeah. No surprise mm-hmm. he would continue his story in season two, and there would be more of that to come. Also, sure. more, more of Cohorty to come. So, uh, mm-hmm. That also didn't surprise me. I figured she would be in the finale of this series because it's a brand new character. But uh, yeah, I mean, for that for that matter, just the fact that it's a new character made it really cool. Like you're you're like this character is not in the comics. This character is nowhere else. This character started in the What If animated yeah. series. So mm-hmm. very yeah, be, very cool stuff. It'd be cool. I think if that maybe they do make this into a live action, even if it's just like a limited series, mm-hmm. you know. Um, let her tell her story even even further right and uh the very fact that from what i've read that the the writers did work with the mohawk nation and and consultants with the smithsonian to ensure accuracy across the the portrayal of of uh the mohawk nation and and creating the story the characters and and whatnot so i think that's that's really cool I, i love the fact that we're being a little bit more inclusive and and showing off diversity um it's about damn time <laughs> yeah and you want to get stuff right too you know like yeah you don't, like you don't want to offend yeah, yeah. So. you don't want to offend good job um moving on to episode seven what if hella found the ten rings <laughs> hella stripped of her powers and banished to earth comes across a new source of power the ten rings Brittany, <laughs> what'd you think about this episode uh, you know, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it's actually one of the higher ranked uh, episodes from this season. And and I liked it. I actually really enjoyed it. I was a little taken aback that it was Kate Blanchett that was voicing Hella because it did not sound like her to me from the get-go. Eventually, she would say things here and there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is Kate Blanchett. So another one of the weird scenarios of the actual actor reprising their role or lending their voice and it was just like huh it i don't know it just didn't it didn't seem like it was her for me but i i liked how she kind of had to become more humbled and yeah. it it you you look at what happened with with odin and thor in the first thor movie how he he was cast out to earth he needed to pretty much become worthy of wielding mjolnir and it was very similar with that of hella she needed to be worthy to don her her crown or her helmet whatever you want to call that thing and she uh, i kind of like how she just wanted to just get revenge 
Yeah. And wanted to be able to wield power so that she could take down her enemies. But then the breakthrough moment was uh, she just wanted to be free. You know, she wanted to get her revenge, but she ultimately just wanted to be free. And I think for someone who was having to do her father's bidding, being his executioner, being the goddess of death and things like that. Yeah, you're going to learn bad habits. You're going to learn bad habits. But um, I think at the very end, that's all anyone wants. They just want to be free to live their lives Mm -hmm. and hopefully do good things, not bad things. (laughs) So, yeah. But it was interesting to to tie in Asgard with Talo. Uh, Tal, 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 I, I, yeah. I'm going to mispronounce. Uh, this. Yeah. yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Okay. So, it, it, I mean, I like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I like that movie as a whole. So I, I think it was a great way to kind of have Hella have a come to Jesus moment, if you will. Yeah, and it is kind of a, like a a very weird kind of crossover. Like you wouldn't think on paper that Hella mixed with yeah. Dong Chi's dad would like work, but they made it work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they did. They did. I I will say one of the lines in this uh, episode from Hella, yeah. she talks about how Odin, you know, Odin, my father's girlfriend, like, you know, don't like her, you know, she's right. <laughs> We're talking about Frigga, um, Frigga, who is Odin's, or, I'm sorry, Thor's mother. Yeah. Um, I just, I thought that was just kind of funny. It, it seems so, so typical of a, of a child who has beef with like their step parent or, you know, parent significant other. And it's just like, they, 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 it landed for me. I think that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite parts is, you know, the storyline is she's banished to Earth and she's stripped of her powers, stripped of her crown. And she is, you know, discovered by the, the army of, of Wu, mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, he kind of takes her back to his 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 uh, place or whatever. And she's wearing this like red. Was it a, is it a kimono? Is that what you call those? Uh, kimono is more indicative to uh, Japan, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it's it's it's. A, a traditional uh clothing um, yeah in china yeah so she's dressed in red and, and 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 she's like she's like you know he's like he's like oh wow you know when we like reacts and then she's like yeah at least your blood won't stain when i slit your throat that's what she says to herself oh deadpool and then, yeah <laughs> and then um when we was explained to her the, about the color he's like you know for some red is actually the color of good fortune brides even wear it on their wedding day and she's drinking tea. She spits it out. She's like, wedding day. I didn't realize you meant to make my imprisonment imprisonment a life sentence. So mm-hmm. thought that was pretty funny. And yeah. uh, the other key moment to, to me in the episode is at the very end, obviously, whenever she teams up with Wenwu to, uh, you know, to thwart Odin. And she um, has a change of heart. And uh, she's dressed in that, like, white suit. She's got her crown back. And she's got the white suit. Mm-hmm. pretty strong now, looking character yeah she's now the goddess of life instead of the goddess of death yeah. right the the only way that she would be able to to don that that crown again is when she learned to appreciate life versus just taking life right and and that was kind of like i guess odin's mission if you will to banish her or so he claims um let's just be real odin's a terrible parent but um <laughs> um yeah, that was that was a 
that was cool. I, I think I love her in that suit period. I think she looks fantastic in the suit, but um, I, I liked how she just kind of came to terms with things. And now she's teaming up with Wen Wu, you know, in the 10 rings and together they liberate people, right? They go and um, was it this episode that they go in and, and defeat Thanos, Thanos yeah, in, the very end. In, yeah. in the very end. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of cool. Um, but kind of off topic during this episode when she lands and she she had she's followed by the creature Morris, right? That we do see in uh yeah. Um, I love the fact that she's she's acknowledging she doesn't know if she's talking to his face or talking to his butt, which yeah, <laughs> you know, because he's funny. he's faceless. It's really funny. He's trying to lead her to um where the 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 Taolo, Taolo, I can't I swear I I'm not trying to butcher <laughs> the people, people's names yeah. here, but um where she's going to be trained. I, I love, I love what she says to him about like, Oh, sorry. You want me to trust you after you've led me into the enchanted murder forest? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. It's like, yeah. So no, funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Once again, Kate Blanchett did voice Hella. Uh, Jeff Bergman. Once again, was Odin. Feoda Chin did Win mm-hmm. uh, Wu. And we did see Heimdall briefly, and he was voiced by Idris Elba. So I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, like, very small cameo in this episode. Very, very small. We do see yeah. Heimdall. So, but it goes to show that, like, because Odin nor Heimdall like recognize the rings, mm-hmm. it's it's like the the rings they're from out of this world, basically, right? It's not something that's like natural to to. Um, uh, that realm right because right. Uh, Midgard as Earth is referred to is part of the nine realms so the fact that they you know didn't sense it or, or are aware of it is, is kind of interesting so yeah so moving on to the penultimate episode of the season and I think the best episode hell yeah episode 8 what if the Avengers assembled in 1602 <laughs> Captain Carter tries to undo the anomaly that strands familiar heroes and villains in the year 1602. I want to point out before we get started, there is a fairly famous Marvel comic series called Marvel 1602. I Mm. have it on my Kindle. I recently downloaded it and it's nothing like this storyline, but uh, Mm. I think it's cool in its own regard. I haven't read a ton of it, but uh, this was an an awesome episode. Once again, Captain Carter is kind of like the MVP of the season. Um, as we saw at the end of episode five, Captain Carter is now in this Renaissance themed universe. And, uh, Brittany, I know you're a big fan of like the Renfest and the yep. Renaissance stuff. So, uh, take it away. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about the episode? It was magic, yeah. pure magic to start off with. Let me just say this. Okay. The return of Loki. Okay. The return of Loki, but it's Loki pretending to be Tom Hiddleston. And I say this because the delivery of Loki, Loki's performance in Hamlet, the famous to be or not to be, that is the question. I know for a fact that Tom Hiddleston absolutely loves to do Shakespeare. That's like his number one thing. If he's asked to do anything Shakespeare, he's going to do it. So to incorporate that into his character Loki for this series was phenomenal. And then in the background, because this is, I guess it's supposed to be like the Globe Theater in in London. And 
which is where Shakespeare put on his place, you hear Thor in the background <laughs> as Loki's giving his Hamlet performance, and you hear Thor, boo. <laughs> Loki breaks, uh, excuse me, uh, acting here, performing here, and it's just like, you know, that, that, that brotherly love and just, yeah. you know, hating on each other kind of situation. And, and what was interesting to me is that Hela's queen and Thor yeah. is serving Hela, but yeah, there's so like rips happening in, in the universe and she gets sucked up and then Thor becomes king. Yep. You have Prince Loki and Prince Thor and Queen Hela until there's a, yeah, like they said, like a tear in the, in the space kind of, in, like in the world and yeah. she's absorbed in that tear. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, that was interesting uh, to say the least. But I love the setting of of the Avengers being in 1602. Uh, Captain Carter very much out of place because she has the Union Jack on her armor. Um, Union Jack doesn't exist at this point, right? Yeah. Um, in in the time, uh, Nick Fury is donning like kind of like a, a, a sash type thing, you know, almost. A kilt like thing uh we have wanda who is like wanda merlin mm -hmm. at this point and uh we we'll get a band of uh of thieves uh right. led by none other than steve rogers himself which is so funny to me yeah he's well, basically... funny good yeah he's, he's robin hood rogers yeah. hood which i thought rogers i, I hood. laughed I laughed out loud whenever they said it. If that's is that Rogers Hood, like I was like, oh my god, that is hilarious. So it's so good. Yeah. Rogers you know, Hood is is Merry Men of uh, Scott Lang, aka Ant Man, and uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just it's so funny to me, especially with that because they're when we see the group, they're they're stealing from Loki, who's boring these two women to death about this play that he's just going on and on and on about. And I, I think that was, that was just really funny to me. Um, <laughs> what was missing for me? I needed a song and dance, you know, where men, manly men were men in tights. Um, love that movie. But anyway, uh, this episode was amazing yeah. to me. Absolutely amazing because we, we eventually will, will learn that uh, because of the rips that are happening in this universe, uh, Captain Carter is was brought in to hopefully stop these rips from happening. But then she's now on the hunt or being hunted by by King Thor's people. Um, also includes Happy Hogan, who who um, very strikingly re resembles. Um, oh God, what was his character's name? The character in uh, Pocahontas. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. He's got that look of another disney character and he's just kind of over the top with yeah. with how he speaks and and his delivery um well his Tony Stark. title is is sir harold the happy hogan so good golly good golly um tony stark tony stark who uh he is very very infatuated and very much likes how peggy speaks of the future yeah. And he's just like, keep saying more words. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. It's just so funny to me. He he can't understand what she's talking about, about the future, but yet he's able to 
create this this device that's going to wield um the, the whatever his invention is that that deals with it's basically like a power glove you know like yeah yeah to, yeah yeah so so he can do that but he can't understand the things that peggy talks about from the future okay yeah. words like radioactive and flux capacitor and he, just, <laughs> he, he loves it he loves it yeah say, say more words yeah <laughs> yeah it's very funny uh you know one of my favorite parts of this episode this episode is like bonkers it, it is my favorite episode it's like so good this is one i'm probably gonna watch many many times because it's so i mean it's not totally self-contained because obviously you have to understand why captain carter is there and then of course yeah her story continues in the finale but i think it's a very cool episode and one of my favorite parts about it is early in the episode the watcher explains that there are worlds among the multiverse that are meant to die and i was like yeah just like what they did in the flash once again the flash did the multiverse very well and i think yeah. retroactively people are gonna look people are gonna look back at the flash and go wow they did it right like mm-hmm. yes there's stuff about the flash that wasn't great some of the visuals the fighting in the desert didn't look good especially when you have batman who should be a night character like i get i get those complaints and i understand yeah. that yeah they're valid the story hmm? the story about how you have this world that's meant to die yet you have characters who are still trying to save it and like just like in the flash how in the how in the movie the young flash once he's given the powers of the flash and he learns that hey like this is the only universe where my our mother lives survives he does whatever it takes to keep the universe alive even becoming mm-hmm. the villain himself which is what happens in the finale of this of this season. <laughs> Very similar. Yeah. But the fact that the Watcher just acknowledges, like, look, there are worlds that are meant to die. They die all the time. And Captain mm-hmm. Carter's like, well, not on my watch. They don't, you know, because I'm going to try to stop it because she's like the embodiment of, of whatever hero. it takes. Yeah, exactly. It takes. Yeah. But I thought that was like a really it's like that's that was a really good thing. The Flash did. I'm glad the MCU is like reinforcing that because that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. in a multiverse, there's going to be some things that just don't make it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in anything, that's the way life is. But I thought that was a really cool point that like probably was kind of not obviously a mainline thing for people, because whenever you have Steve Rogers as like Robin Hood, that's obviously super cool. And then you have yeah. all these other characters in this medieval renaissance kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But I really like that idea that like, hey, like some worlds just don't make it. And you have to like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of do the best you can. But then you have, you have to move on. Yeah, uh, and and like you said, w- and this really comes into play for the finale. Uh, there, there are situations too where some people are just not meant to be together. Yeah. So I mean, it's the same idea, same yeah. idea. So it, no, this. The- I was just saying this. Just this episode was. It had everything in it. It absolutely. I mean, if the, if this episode had ever been like. Uh, uh, special like a 45 minute special just like they did with the holiday uh special for guardians if this episode was ever done as a live action i'm here for it totally here for it i would love to see the actors come back and 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 basically do this this episode as 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 a live action film that's a great idea live action what if is an awesome idea (laughs) and that could be a way where you could bring back somebody like tony stark and not like ruin I mean, I, I think you could bring yeah. it back in other ways, but like for the people who don't want him to come back because like of how he had the perfect ending in Endgame, I get mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. a what if like this kind of scenario, like you could bring back Robbie Downey Jr. If he if he wanted to come back, mm-hmm. you could do that 
and have just this totally bonkers, you know, 1602 kind of episode. That would be really cool. It's so fitting. It, 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 I think it'd be right up his alley. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah, I'm one of those people who doesn't want him to come back in like the sacred timeline or the main timeline or the main story, you know, because I, I think the way that he went out is, is what makes his character special. You, you bring him back in that it's just no longer special. You bring him to do work for a what if. I think that'd be brilliant. I think it'd be fantastic. I want I want to see this episode as a live action. Like it, I, I need yeah. to see it. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that until you just said this, but this is like that's a genius idea. I'd I'd love for them. I mean, obviously maybe not do this exact thing because we just saw this in, in animation, yeah. but like something like this they could definitely mm-hmm. do in the future and just you know, create another banner, Marvel Spotlight, Marvel What If, you know, just yeah. like we have these stories that are just self-contained crazy stories. I think that'd be a great, great addition to the overall uh, Marvel. I just want, I just want a role in it, you know, (laughs) I just like to have a role in it. It, However small it may be, you can, you can make me one of the yellow jackets. Okay. Like also how, how did they get pin particles in 1602? Like seriously, yeah. yeah. (laughs) you know, how would that have worked out? But anyway, that's beside the point. Well, the the movie would flesh that out probably because it had to be like two hours and you know, it would do very well, I would think. I'm sure it would. Yeah. But you know, the, the, with the final scene, because the whole the whole reason that this the, these rips are happening in the universe is because there's someone in that time that should not be there, and and they called him spoiler him um, forerunner forerunner yeah forerunner. And yeah. so the the invention that Tony is supposed to make is going to like pinpoint who. Is that who? Who is that forerunner? And spoiler alert, guys! It's a man out of time. I mean, none other than than Steve Rogers, right? And um, what I said earlier about in universes, multiple universes, there are some people who are never going to be together. And Peggy acknowledges that with with Steve Rogers because you know when when she meets Rogers Hood and says to says to him like oh you know in my timeline you know that you exist and and he go he wants her to tell him more and she says this line that's from endgame that yep. steve rogers says about you know like well will you tell me more no no i don't think i will i'm like ah! my yeah, heart no, that's great that was great yeah my heart great callback but- but she, uh, you know, she acknowledges she, you know, in in a previous episode in what if she is trying to save Steve's life, you know, uh, after the, the Russians had, you know, taken him, used him as a weapon. But in this episode, she's like, you know, we're we're just never meant to be together. Like we we can just we, we can never be together. And it's very heartbreaking. But um, try as you will, you just kind of have to face the music and realize that some things are not meant to be. I'm looking at you, Doctor St- Stephen Strange. Damn it! That is the next episode. Yeah. But uh, before we get there, there's a couple other things I want to mention. Um, I like how in this episode, the Watcher's talking, and then he learns that Captain Carter can hear him, and so mm-hmm. they, they, they're able to talk <laughs> back and forth. Like I think that's yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. He actually offers to take her back to her universe, but she's determined to be the hero and to try to save the day. And so mm-hmm. she doesn't just take the easy way out and go back to her universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that um, when Rogers Hood and, and his merry men, whenever they went back to their secret uh, treehouse, that was pretty cool. 
Yeah. I love how Scott Lang is like, he's like, did we just win? Huzzah. You know, he's using all the, the, <laughs> the terms. Uh, yeah. The terms. terms. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, also <laughs> speaking about the washer talking to, uh, to Peggy, there's one part where she's taken captive by, uh, happy, the Hogan, uh, <laughs> or Harold, the happy Hogan and his army. She kind of like gives herself up and, uh, the washer then is in her cell and they're talking. He's just throwing out all these what if scenarios. And she's like, mm-hmm. what if, what if, what if I have to try because I'm captain Carter. And you know, that I thought that was, a, I thought it was funny that he kept saying what if, and I, I, I figured there'd be some kind of like, Hey, that's what this is. You know, that's the name of the damn show. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she kind of cut him off with just like, I have to do this because you know, I'm captain Carter. What'd you think about the Hulk being revealed as the monster, of the iron mask? Listen, stowed away like in a cell. I was like, okay, first of all, that's French. <laughs> but um, no, it, I, I I loved it because it, it obviously it makes me think of Leo DiCaprio as the man in the iron mask in the there movie from so long yeah. ago. And uh, how Peggy just knew that he existed, right? He had to exist in, in this universe. And it yeah. just seems so fitting that he would be in not only in jail but but in in an iron mask and once provoked you know he's able to uh run rampant and um cause a lot of havoc also um uh, the long hair and the facial hair i was like oh this is this is a weird look but okay it is what it is um (laughs) yeah that that was that was fun i i laughed when when i saw that he's like he's like don't look at me or like you know like don't yeah 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 no, I'm I'm good here. Basically, um, one other line I, I did appreciate from from this episode it was again while Loki was was being Hamlet uh, when Thor is booing him, and he says, "When can we start throwing cabbages at him? I I bought a whole bushel and they're rotten." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the comedy was was really great. Uh, it was really great. I thought the part where Tony unveils his invention to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Captain Carter and there's someone else I can't remember who it is, but he's like, he's like, your stunned silence is flattering, though I'm not opposed to applause. I thought that was funny. It's very Tony. Um, and, very, know, there's, very also, there's some great moments where you know once when Steve and Peggy are reunited in the episode, she lost her shield in battle. He brings her the shield back. Of course, he's 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 Captain America, so he has his own shield, but uh, yeah. not in this universe. We don't see a shield necessarily, but. Uh, no, but they're both wielding it. They're both tossing it like right, how right. Cap does. And I was like, that's fun. Right. I love that. And we, we mentioned about how Hulk is in the episode. And it's good good thing he is in the episode because later on in the episode, uh, Rogers Hood and Sir Hogan duel. And during the duel, uh, Rogers Hood cuts the feather off of uh, uh, off uh, Happy's uh, hat. Yeah. And Happy is enraged. And he becomes the freak. From episode yeah. three, the freak is back. And he's the purple, <laughs> the purple happy Hogan, Hulk yep. Hogan version mm-hmm. of the Hulk. And uh, you know, luckily uh Rogers Hood is able to to make it because uh the Hulk comes in, saves the day. And when he comes in, he's like, Hulk smash thee. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then while they're fighting, Happy's just talking, he's saying a lot of funny like phrases and stuff, and and Hulk's like, Shut thy mouth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know it's great. I, just I thought love, it was funny. Yeah, I love the medieval jargon that's that's being yeah. uttered in in this episode. It's just it's so good, it's so good. They did their homework. Yeah. 
what do you think about how uh, Thor has a sword, it, the Allfather? It's made mm-hmm. of vibranium, and it was a gift he received from the King of Wakanda. It's it's only fitting. It really is only fitting. I mean, given the the, the time period that they're in, to have Mjolnir is probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So to have a sword and it be vibranium, virtually indestructible, a gift from the King of Wakanda. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. It just it it continues to show the relationship that that these Avengers characters have across multiverses. So it's I, I, I enjoyed that. But it's funny how like Peggy was able to recognize it like really quickly. You know, like it's vibranium. It's like, what? How would you know? But then in the end, with uh, with the help of Nicholas, Fu- with, with Sir Nicholas Fury and Wanda Merlin. They steal Thor's uh, scepter, which has the time stone. Put yep. the time stone in the 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 glove that um, Tony created. Uh, Captain like Carter puts it, yeah, she puts the mm-hmm. glove on. She's able to identify who the forerunner is, as you mentioned before. It's it's yep. Steve Rogers, and then she's mm-hmm. able to, you know, unfortunately she has to bid farewell to him and send him back to uh, his universe, yeah. which present prevents the incursion that's happening. Um, but that's not it, because we once again we have a uh, certain uh, caped magical character come in to uh, yeah. to keep the episode rolling, and we get it to be continued. So talk about Strange returning. Yeah, Strange always always coming in at the very end. It's it's you would think like maybe next to the Watcher, he's the one kind of like controlling the story in, in a in a weird way, but he he comes to uh not take peggy back to her her time or her universe he he comes asking for help uh because basically there's if there's anyone else anyone out there that's going to understand his his plea it's it's gonna be peggy and so she does the heroic thing that any any person i guess in her position would do and that's to go help her friend and the voice cast for episode eight is everyone we've mentioned before. The only addition was, as you mentioned before, Tom Hiddleston is the voice of Loki. So yeah, this episode, once again, was chock full of just Avengers and Marvel goodness, MCU goodness. It was uh, so good, really phenomenal. Yeah. So it was your favorite one also. Oh, yeah. It, and, you know, I was talking with uh, Amber, who's joined us here on the Watchers in the Basement uh, numerous times. She's a huge Loki fan. If you guys don't know that, I did share with her. Uh, if you have no interest in watching What If, perfectly fine. Right. Watch 1602, though, because the Loki content is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the line that was delivered, um, but the retort from Loki was like, bless. Like, it was just very flamboyant, just very, yeah. like, just so good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. A, I love that it. That's a just, funny line. Yeah. If anyone needs more Tom Hiddleston, Go watch this episode for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, no regrets. This this episode, great penultimate. Yeah. Great penultimate. Definitely. Yeah. Now that sets the stage for episode nine, the season finale of What If. The title of this one is What If Strange Supreme Intervened? Captain Carter discovers the greatest threat to all existence may be closer than she realizes. Let's, let's walk our way through the dun, finale. Dun, dun. First of all, I thought it was really cool how the opening... There was an animated Marvel Studios opening. It was, it was like finally it had all the characters from What If, 
and you know yeah. you even had justin hammer in the hulkbuster and all the, all that stuff <laughs> like it was a very cool little kind of easter egg that i, I mean i don't know that everybody probably you know pays attention to that stuff but i always try to like see like what they're gonna do mm-hmm. with the music or with the openings well, and i thought that was a really cool one all the other openings prior to the finale were they kind of started off with the typical fanfare music yeah but then it, it cuts short like right. very abrupt and i remember even john saying at one point he's like well that was fast i'm like i know right that's that's just very unlike marvel to do something like this but then when they finally gave the long uh opening sequence and like you said replacing uh the 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 animation you know uh, within the letters that was really cool i i, I absolutely thought that was amazing i don't know it, just, it feels more official like it, it it has marvel's seal of approval when you have that kind of opening like dun 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 yeah no that's perfect yeah it is i agree mm-hmm. so the episode starts strange is uh he takes captain carter to his sanctum in infin- in uh infinitum right is that how you say that it's latin but basically it's his infinite you know sanctuary if you will yeah 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 Mm -hmm. where he reveals that he's been capturing universe killers to atone for his sins sure Uh, yeah those include there there includes the loki includes thanos includes a host of characters yeah um Mm -hmm. one of which later on there's a cowboy looking uh loki which i thought was love I mean, there's a lot of like it's all very quick it's hard to tell like it is but uh that one was one i was like oh that's that's a unique one i can only imagine like that there's a what if in the future where it's like a western style uh avengers which give that would, me live action what that would be a great live action um <laughs> avengers like a like avengers meets lonesome dove or something would be pretty cool uh, <laughs> if you ask me avengers meets yellowstone well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh boy maybe only the avengers can save yellowstone from the problem oh listen that the show's experiencing yeah <laughs> if that's gonna be the case we need to bring owen wilson into the mix just so he can go wow <laughs> sorry i had to throw that in there. but yeah no, you, you your streak is alive in marvel uh marvel pods where you do the do some kind of uh <laughs> impression. impression yeah there might be another yeah. one that you do later who knows i mean but i do like how in this episode the watcher appears once again mm-hmm. and peggy she's like are you here to help or just to narrate and she says narrate a couple times and it's like yeah, narrate? She's, she's british they say vitamins instead of vitamins that's so, true okay i know. never heard narrate pronounced narrate. narrate that was like the first time she said it, i was like is there some kind of like joke that i'm not understanding but then she said nope. it again i'm like that's just how she says it okay. that's just yeah if uh if nick and claire you know uh yep. come back and and join us for the replay uh please let us know is if if that is the british way of, of saying narrate i mean i've um, heard a lot of bridges british words that are different than you know like yeah uh, you know i mean Alum- no, aluminium yeah, a lot of aluminium. times spelling like with theater, it's spelled differently, or you know. Like oh well, yeah. Sometimes center is spelled differently. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. like that might be a Canadian thing more so than. Uh, a I think it's thing. British. I think it's a British thing. British thing, yeah. also. Because remember, uh, Canada is also. Um, that's true. Yeah, you know, under their government. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the new one on me. I was like, no rate. That is no rate different. Definitely it sounds like different. irate. <laughs> yeah, no rate. Yeah. 
Um, I know it was weird. I was like, it's narrate. But then again, we're from the South, so we may say it differently from people from other parts of the United States. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. It's <laughs> trying to trying to help. <laughs> so uh Strange tells Captain Carter that he needs help finding this other universe killer. And Captain Carter's like, Well, who is it? And he's like, Oh, you'll know. You'll know when you see. He encounters Cahorty, who of course is not the villain that Strange makes her out to be. Yep. She's actually, you know, trying to stop Strange. And Cahorty tells Captain Carter, let me guess, like he told you, you know, come come after me. Well, he's the he's the villain of the story, not me. Shocking. Then, like, yeah. So then Cahorty <laughs> and Captain Carter team up in their uh, efforts to try to stop Strange Supreme and his uh, plan to ultimately do whatever it takes to bring back Christine from uh from her death in the previous season. Yeah, because he he ended up destroying that universe um, at the end of, of season one. And he's trying to, like he said, atone for his sins. And he thinks that by collecting all of these universe killers and others uh, that he fails to mention to to Peggy, because he knows that she's not going to go along with it. Uh, I don't think she would have even go- gone along with sacrificing the, the universe killers for his forge in order to. Uh, recreate the universe where Christine existed, right? Um, but he, in his mind, he thinks that if there's anyone that's going to understand his his reason, it's going to be Peggy because she has always been without her 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 love, and that's Steve Rogers. And so he he thinks, oh yeah, she's got my back. You know, she's <laughs> she's gonna uh, go find this this one person that I absolutely need and. And that's all there is to it. But it's not that simple. It's absolutely not that simple. No. No. It's it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, this the ending gets very wild. There's a lot of like, you know, magical powered beings going back and forth. And I gotta say, it's a it's a it's a fine episode, but mm-hmm. the penultimate was so good that the, the finale is kind of a letdown, like a little bit. I mean, you finish the story, which I mean the, the ending is cool. I like the ending, but mm-hmm. you know, the most, the bulk of the episode is just Kahori, Kahori and uh, um, Captain hey. Carter trying to fight off Strange as he's also becoming a demon. And then he's like splitting in two. And then he's, you know, but a lot of scenarios. that. Yeah. But a lot of that is a callback to season one uh, because yeah. when he was absorbing as much power as he could with, you know, becoming su- Supreme Strange, yeah. right? Um, you saw him transforming into like different creatures type thing. So when he assumes this more draconic sort of uh, demon, um, it's to me it was a callback because he also got the callback to Zombie Wanda from right. season one. Right? He, again, he's been collecting these these beings from different universes, and once they're all unleashed, you know they're fighting each other. But I, I think I think it was a good tie-in and call back to, to season one of, of things. And I like how Cordy, who was about to be explained about what zombies are. She's like, no, 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 I get it. Like zombies are pretty much the same across all the universe. Like we get it. Like I no need to explain. I thought that was kind of cute. Um, but um, I, th- I think it was cool that at one point when strange is starting to sacrifice all of these people to, to fuel his forge, to 
you know, uh, get that universe up and running again. All of these beings, you get the Hela, you get Thor, you get uh, just a bunch of these these characters. They're they're tossing their weapons to Peggy and Cohorty to defeat Strange, which I thought was really cool. Um, because a lot of these characters have been like villain type, especially like, like that of Hela. Yeah. So for her to toss her crown, um, Thor to toss Mjolnir and and plethora of other people and plethora of other and, weapons. Ten rings, the all father sword rings. from yeah, like, exactly like a giant Hulk. That that was was kind of hard. Like it's definitely Hulk, but it's yeah, like he has a sword. It's it's kind of there's no explanation for it. Yeah, and and I think there's just not time to explain yeah. it. It's, it's yeah, just understood that there's so many like variants right. <laughs> out there. Um it, it it was it was really interesting to see that, but even when Strange was kind of having like that come to Jesus moment, he's like, I, I I can't I can't stop this. My grief my grief is too is too much. Um, him ultimately sacrificing himself mm-hmm. for the, not only the rebirth of the universe, but in a universe where. Um, Christine exists and he doesn't. Yeah. Um, that was kind of cool because he's like the whole reason that so many of these things have, have happened. And he, he, uh, he atoned. <laughs> Boy, did he atone. Yeah, you're right. He, he basically creates a world, you know, where, where she does come. Christine Palmer is, is resurrected. Yeah. But he, he'll never interact with her because he can't be reborn in that world, which mm-hmm. is, Pretty pretty sad ending for uh for that character. I mean, it is given what he, he went through. But yeah, just going back, I thought the there's some really cool visuals with uh you're talking about all those other weapons that were involved. Mm-hmm. And like Cohorty got the ten rings and she had Thor's hammer, and yeah. then Peggy picked up the sword and she had the shield, and then she had Hela's crown on. It was very like it was like the like uh they're Voltroning the whole season into like mm-hmm. this final moment where they had all these the key characters were coming together with all these powers. Uh, mm-hmm. That was cool. Also, I thought it was cool when we got to see Killmonger as a uh, Black Panther. <laughs> he had the yeah. suit that had yep. the um, the armor that had all the the, the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. They uh, they take the suit from him. They give it to Peggy. Peggy has the stones all over her body, and like she has the the power suit kind of thing. And yep. I really, I mean, the 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 design of the characters was really great throughout all the episodes, but uh, yeah. I think it was really cool in the end where it's like there's almost like all these like different suit changes where you're just like thinking like oh that's an action figure that's an action figure that's an action you know like it's like <laughs> yeah. as many different variations of these characters they could possibly put on the screen because again at the end it's it's a it's kind of a wild crazy like cgi fest like it's mm-hmm. it's better than those animation because i can imagine if this were a live action ending of a movie i think people would hate it because it's just this, it'll be a probably CGI fest of like it's almost like where you can't even like distinguish what's going on. There's you can't focus. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, a sure. laser light show with a hundred people fighting and people falling mm-hmm. in the sky and being saved well, by powers. Yeah. Think of of the the was it a mid credit or post credit for Quantumania when you see like the arena of Kangs, oh, yeah. like how many variants of Kangs there were in that one sitting it's just like whoa this is a little overwhelming so yeah same idea yeah so i do think this series we talked about doing like live action stuff and there there's a way you could do this as live action and i credit you with the that idea it's a really good idea 
But I think in some ways, like Captain Carter, which I said, I've said a couple times now, is the MVP of the season. The oh, yeah. things she does in these episodes would not work as well in live action because she is a super soldier, but she's not Superman. You know, like she's like, no, jumping, no. like I mean, she has, she's like the most powerful character, which I'm fine with her being, I mean, I like the character a lot, but her power set doesn't work as well in live action as it does in this animation where anything can happen, you know? So, and, and I think to given Cohorty's powers and, and yeah, how fast that she thing. can move and it, yeah. it's the same idea. It's going to get so wrapped up in CGI and it's just, it's, it might not end up looking good and, and whatnot. So I, yeah, some things are, are best left to uh, the animation. Um, yeah. I'm. I still want to see 1602 as as a live action. That's it. I, if I that, if that's the only thing I could get as a live action from the series, yeah, I'm cool. I'm happy. Very happy with that. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Um, I think so. The final thing in the episode is after the conclusion, um, we see uh, Captain Carter is you know the Watcher's going to take her back to her universe, but she's like, let's take the scenic route. I want to see some things, and they end up in front of the multiverse tree, which I wish Amber were here to say this because it's the Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. Yeah, there you go. You said it. Good job. I, I was like, I, I was afraid to do it, but uh, Yggdrasil. Amber, Amber does that so well. She so, did flawless. Flawless. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was pretty cool that that's kind of how the Loki, how Loki season two ended. This is how this uh, series ends also. So uh, it's, it's his tree. I mean, yeah. this, this is it, it. The, the tree itself contains the nine realms in North, Norse mythology, but because we we have the ending of Loki season two, we saw that he he brought all the the timelines together in the form of like a tree, and it's green, yeah. and that's what we're seeing at the end of this episode, and it's like, <gasps> yeah, he lives, he lives, and it's just oh, it was so heartwarming. It was it was yeah. a great tie-in to to uh, Loki season two. Yeah, and also the multiverse saga obviously continues, and I, I assume we're going to see the tree many more times. I don't think this is the last time we see it. So I uh, hope not. It might, could, it could be, but uh, we need Loki. Fact, <laughs> yeah, I think we, the fact that we've seen it back to back projects, I think, is a good sign that it's kind of here to stay. So uh, yeah. I thought that was a really cool ending. This was a strong season, all, all in all. Like I so good. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I guess the last thing I should mention is the voice cast for this episode. It's all the same actors that were in the other episodes. The only addition was Stanley Tucci. The Tooch was back as a Abraham, <laughs> Abraham Erskine because there's a scene in this episode where uh, Strange basically like creates an illusion. Sent, yeah, he sends Peggy to an alternate reality and or, or an illusion where he's revealed to be he, he's pretending to be uh, Steve Rogers. So yeah, yeah, the back whole day like... where she got her powers. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole like, you know, I love you and, you know, trying to plead, you know, play on her right. emotions, but she can see right through it. And she's like, no, like you're you're not my Steve. And yeah, the illusion dissolves. Yeah. So. Very sad season for Peggy. I mean, like it was entertaining yeah. as well. She definitely was like one of the main characters, if not the main character yeah. throughout this season. So um, shout out to Haley Atwell for yeah. giving us quite the performance. And I'm I'm sure if if Frank were here, and hopefully has watched what if he he'd probably say the same. So, uh, yeah, it, this this season was solid. Like I said, I think it was actually a lot better than season one, which is very rare. I think just 
in the entertainment business for a sequel to be better than it's than it's original. Um, Although Loki just did it too, though. That's what I'm saying. It's just extremely rare. And now that Marvel has done that with two shows in the same year, it's like, whoa, that's yeah, that's awesome. Given given the year that it had with the box office. And that's a good sign because these are the first two shows to have a season two. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know that any other show is going to have another season. Like, I, I mean, obviously, what if is going to have a season three? But mm-hmm. if you think about the the other the other shows, like, there's not going to be another Falcon Winter Soldier. That's going to be continued in Captain America: uh, Brave New World. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be another uh, WandaVision. WandaVision Although know, Vision is getting his own show, potentially, yeah, potentially, yeah. We could have another Hawkeye series. Who knows? You know, maybe another Moon Knight, but uh, mo- there planned. is there is another Moon Knight planned for sure. So uh, that one I'm very much looking forward to. For my what I read, just because you mentioned it, um, it's going to definitely focus on the uh, third persona uh, that we got at the end of of Moon Knight. So, um, yeah, Jack Jake Lockley, I think that was his name. Um, so I'm excited for Moon Knight, and and yeah, again, you're right. MCU has not done a lot of sequels with their shows. For all we know, we might get a, se- a sequel to She-Hulk. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, in fairness, it hasn't been a, a long time. I mean, the, the shows started just started airing in 2021. You know, like that's fair. Yeah. Now we're in 2024, but they they pumped out a lot of shows in the past. You know, they did two, two plus years. So they did. Uh, they did. I think Miss Marvel will get a, a, a second season. Um, I, I very much hope so. I, I really enjoy Miss Marvel, but yeah, given yeah. again, Loki season two, what if season two knocked it out of the park? Um, yeah, I, th- these were very strong, very, very strong. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So now you know what we thought about season two of What If. We want to know what you thought about it, and Brittany, how can people let us know? We always encourage everyone to join us for our live chats and how you can do that is by subscribing to our channel and hitting the notification bell. That way you get a notification. It's in its name (laughs) when we will go live next. Also, don't forget to like this video. If you like MCU, if you like what if, and let us know your thoughts. If you're watching the replay, leave a comment down below. That way we can read it and get back to you and have it an even further discussion discussion about what if um do you like the idea of maybe some episodes being live action let us know in the comments down below but also don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter instagram and threads at watchers basement you can use that same hashtag watchers basement to help grow our audience be sure to use it when you send us things to check out uh articles memes that kind of thing we're we're into all that And lastly, if video podcasts are not your thing, we also have audio podcasts available to you on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on those platforms as well and give us a five-star rating. Thank you, Brittany. I appreciate it. So for Brittany, I'm Justin saying thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good night. Bye-bye.